is very hokey, very memorable. That's uh, part of the theme song uh, to the hit TV show Degrassi High, which, of course, followed in the footsteps of Degrassi Junior High before that Kids of Degrassi Street eventually led to Degrassi, the new generation, and a legacy that endures to this day around this TV show. It was truly uh, an original, one-of-a-kind. It definitely resonated uh, with uh, young people at the time. The Degrassi Tour is out on the road, so an opportunity this weekend uh, here in Alberta to engage in some nostalgia, Canadiana, 80s style. Uh, So this weekend, the Globe Cinema tomorrow in Calgary, the Starlight Room Sunday in Edmonton. It's a screening of the 1992 film Schools Out, which was kind of the wrap-up to Degrassi High. There'll also be an event and a Q&A with uh, some of the stars of the show, two of whom we have with us today. Uh, joining us uh, on the line, first of all, we've got with us uh, the actress who played Caitlin, Stacy Mystician, joining us here this afternoon. Stacy, great to have you with us. Thanks for having us. And Joey Jeremiah himself, Pat Mastroani, joining us this afternoon. Pat, great to have you with us here as well. It's great to be here. Thanks a lot. Okay, so we'll talk about the the event, of course. We got the, the screening of the film. Uh, there's uh, an opportunity for a Q&A. There's, there's the VIP uh, part of that as well, a more intimate experience for fans with the three of you. Let, just uh, get an overview from, from the two of you, just what's involved here and, and what can fans expect this weekend? Well, uh, we're going to be screening Schools Out, which was the movie that kind of ended the whole, whole show. And... We also do a Q&A. So what we, we love to just actually meet our fans in person and let them ask us anything they've ever wanted to ask us. Yeah. No questions that we want. Well, there might be some, but <laughs> ask whatever you want to ask. We will answer. And uh, we do photo ops. We give out autographed headshots. And uh, we're just accessible. That's what we like to be, accessible yeah. and living nostalgia with everyone that either grew up with the show or has shared it with the next generation? Uh, You know what? Uh, We've been stuck at home for the past three years, and I can't think of a a better way to sort of dip our toes into the water uh, and get out again and and call up that old high school friend or um, just get together with friends and family. And, And this is sort of an excuse to get together and gather. And uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity to just come to Calgary and Edmonton and uh, share our stories and, and have a good time with everybody. Yeah, it, it's almost like a high school reunion. And that's, you know, for people who are of that age, certainly, and I'm, I'm in that group when the show was on, you know, almost feeling like this was an extension of our, our own school lives or an extension of our own social circle, right? People we knew, and we think back uh, to, to the friends we had in, in junior high and high school, it's almost like you guys are, are like a part of that, right? So I would imagine for fans, it's almost like, a, a reunion with someone they feel like they knew, you know, 30 uh, years ago or so. Well, that's what we hope for. That's what we want. We want to create that. And it, it's the same for us. And, and in a way, we did all grow up together. So you're right. It's, yeah. it's like a big reunion. I, I've never been to my own high school reunion. <laughs> right. This is These are the reunions for me that I enjoy. <laughs> Every time we appear somewhere, somewhere, someone always comes up to us and says, oh, I knew a Joey or I knew a snake or a wheel. <laughs> right, that too. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it is like meeting an old friend and, and we're very engaging. We, we appreciate the fact that we're part of Canadian television, pop culture, and that Degrassi has been part of people's lives for, for three to four decades. And, uh, and that's an incredible legacy for that show. And uh, we're, we're just honored to be a small part of that. And, um, 
by by meeting our fans in person and live, it brings them that much closer to the whole Degrassi universe. Well, that's the thing. The show's got to resonate. I mean, you know, it's it's one thing to have an idea that let's do a show about, you know, Canadian kids, about junior high, about high school. Uh, if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If, if kids don't relate, if kids don't buy it, then you know, right then it doesn't go anywhere. So I think that's a testament to the legacy of this show, why it still resonates with people to this day, because it felt... Like, yeah, this is what this is what goes on. This is, you know, as you say, I have friends like this and this this happened at my school or this, you know, all of these things. It it, it really did resonate. How do you guys explain or what what is it to you about the, the show and about everything that it that it represented that that really resonated? It it spoke from the hearts of the protagonists. There were hardly any adults involved, and that was very deliberate. They wanted it to be, they wanted it to be authentic, authentic voices. It had to come from, you know, the people that were going through it. And they didn't tie everything up in a bow at the end of each episode. It was more like a soap opera in that way, in that um, it was relatable. And, you know, problems don't just solve themselves neatly. Um, They can be ongoing. And so I think in that way, they just, they really tried to keep it authentic and real. And we didn't look glossy. Um, Pat and I can <laughs> certainly attest to that. We uh, did not have makeup or hair. Um, so, it, and, or even like decent wardrobe. <laughs> it was very low budget. Um, but I think that also added to the authenticity. You know, it, it we had zits, we had oily faces, and that that was real. Yeah. Yeah, our, our director, Kit Hood, um, who, who unfortunately passed away a few years ago, uh, he was a documentary filmmaker uh, originally. And I think he shot Degrassi as if, you know, you were a fly on the wall and you were just listening to what was happening in those hallways, in those classrooms. And people kind of felt like they were part of that experience. And uh, they definitely weren't being talked down to uh, because uh, a lot of these characters uh, spent seasons dealing with their issues with their, you know, Spike, who who had the baby, uh, obviously went on for many seasons of Degrassi with that storyline. So people were invested in the characters. And uh, and I think that the writers never let them down because it really, like Stacey said, spoke from a, a place of truth. Yeah. Well, and, 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 yeah. and they listened to us. Right. Sorry, I just wanted to interject that. Like they really, the writers really paid attention to what we were going on, what we were going through in real life. Um, and some some ideas were even taken from our real-life oh, yeah. situations. Well, and that's the thing, right? And and you were kids, essentially, right? And so, you know, kids turn on the TV and they see kids their age. You know, you a lot of high school shows and movies, and maybe it's easier just to do it with adults. And, and you're like, these are not high school kids. But you, you were, and I mean, that added to the, uh, I think, the authenticity of it all. But I would imagine, you know, you're, you're still kids yourself and going through all these things yourself and trying to, you know, do this show and the pressure of doing this show and just everything else, going to school yourself. So how do you describe, I mean, what was life like for you guys going through all of that? It was a juggling act for sure. Um, you know, they were, they did their best to work around our school schedules, but, um, and, and have a tutor on set, but the, you know, that, that didn't happen. We didn't, that wasn't enforced. And we certainly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we did our best. I'm not saying we were like poor students or anything, but it definitely was a juggling act and, and socially as well, because I had, you know, here I was in real life trying to fit in at my real high school 
and, and dealing with, you know, trying to fit in between the popular kids and the not so popular kids. Where do I, where am I? And the stress of who do I eat with at lunch? And then there's uh, Degrassi, my, my school away from school. <laughs> that was yeah. like my safe place. And um, which I'm very grateful for. Pat? <laughs> yeah, well, how did you find it, Pat? I mean, to two of you, I mean, you're on TV, you're known, I assume your peers at your school know who you are and what it is you do. Does that make you more popular? Does that, that ostracize you to, to some degree? What's what's that like? I, I Most kids have no idea what that's like to navigate. Uh, Rob, you know, being an actor on a TV show on the CBC in the 80s wasn't anything to brag about. <laughs> I, I think most of us kind of put our heads down a little bit and went, oh, CBC, you couldn't get on a real network. <laughs> right. um, but at the end of the day, we knew we were <laughs> creating television that was kind of like a public service announcement. Like it would be something that would be played in, in high school health class or, or school health class. Mm -hmm. um, I think it wasn't until years later after we grew up, after our, our fans grew up a little bit and they would come up to us on the streets and say, oh, you know what? Um, your show kind of made me feel less alone when I was going through those issues and through that stage in my life where I was awkward and naive and, and just not the coolest kid in the school. And your show kind of helped me get through that awkward phase in my life. And I'm like, hey, help me too, you know, you know, kudos. And and that's kind of what we do when we're on stage at, at our screening events is we kind of share those back and forth stories with the fans that come to these events. And, and we give them an opportunity to tell us their stories. Um, and that's really what we enjoy is hearing the feedback that we didn't get back in the 80s and 90s because there was no social media. There was no way for us to really connect with our fans uh, we might get the odd fan mail once in a while, but you know, today is where we actually get that gratification that we've been waiting 30 years to hear about from our fans and, and how the show affected them. It's interesting the way people resonate with the couple, and it's almost like to some extent, like you know, Jim and Pam or Pam, <laughs> Ross and Rachel, like Joey and Caitlin, like you know, the association between you two. I don't know if that added to any of the pressures that you guys were going through at the time or if you know, the bond between everyone on the show, if it's kind of unique between the two of you, what about that dynamic? Oh, we hated each other in real life, uh, Rob. No. We, we couldn't stand each other. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a great camaraderie amongst all. Real acting. No, yeah. <laughs> there was a great camaraderie amongst all the cast, I, I, I think. And that's a, a rare thing to get. Um, you see it with shows like Friends, um, but you know, with, with Degrassi, I think we all came from a place of, of honesty. We weren't real actors at that time. Um, we were learning as we were doing it and, uh, you know, we were all supporting each other. Um, and man, we all hung out together offset. We were yeah. best friends and, um, you know, having that trust with, with Stacy allowed us to do those scenes that were very intimate and, and very, you know, uh, it could, it could be embarrassing at times to, to be in front of a, 30, 40 people having to, to make out or whatever. Um, but it was because we were such close friends that we were able to, to do those type of scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, like, I, I'm not kidding when I say like Degrassi was kind of like my, my safe place. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't allowed to hang out with everybody as much as, you know, Pat was, <laughs> but um, definitely we, there was definitely a bond and Pat always made me feel comfortable and safe. And we, we have, when we picked up our roles in the next generation, it really felt like no time had passed, um, which is amazing. It's risky, Pat, because, you know, there, there's, there's a moment in this, this film that 
people are maybe still mad about. Here's this couple they love, and Joey, Joey, I don't know. It's like people come to these screenings, they're so excited to see you, and then they watch the film, and they're just, like, scowling at you or booing. <laughs> that must be fun. Well, the tomatoes that get thrown all exactly. the time, it's, you know, it's such a messy thing to clean up. But if Kate, if if I can forgive him, if Caitlin can forgive him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, that, that finale was such a shocker, I think, and that's why it still resonates today with so many fans. Because I think in 91, 92, when that movie aired, people were like, what did I just watch? What kind of ending to a series was this? Because, you know... I don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen it or, or people listening on the radio haven't seen it, but it really was a shocking conclusion to a, a beloved series. Mm -hmm. um, so we get to answer a lot of those questions on stage uh, at the Globe Cinema where we kind of give the fans an understanding of why the writers chose certain things for certain characters and why Joey and Caitlin were never destined to be together, um, all that kind of fun stuff. But really, at the end of the day, the F-bomb is really what it's all about because who would have expected <laughs> A, a little kid show to be dropping F-bombs on the CBC. And, and that was where the yeah. uh, gasp across the country happened uh, back in 92. Yeah, you mentioned coming back for the next generation. And, you know, so the show ends and you move on and you move on to other things and you sort of come back into this world. Uh, what was that like for the two of you? Uh, well, it was, it was weird. Um, because you know now now we're on the other side of things now we're the adults yeah we're in the peripheral and we we know we knew that going in so that wasn't the issue but we're also now suddenly in this really elaborate studio um i mean it's night and day from when we were shooting i mean we're talking like guerrilla filmmaking and now it's like they have a huge budget these um are for the most part professional actors uh, with agents, real tutors, uh, working in rules. They actually are part of a union that we did not have. Um, so very, very different set of circumstances. And, um, but again, at least for us and our storyline, so like we kind of like stuck together, <laughs> all the us older folk. And um, it was really nice to, uh, again, to have, to have each other um, and the kids are, for the most part, you know, the kids are are awesome. And, um, you know, there weren't a lot of divas on set or anything like that, that to make it awkward. But... Um, Just me. I yeah. was the only uh, on set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, don't look at Patrick Lee in the eyes. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> contract. Uh, but at the end of the day, it wasn't our Degrassi. And, and that's kind yeah. of, um, I use that hashtag a lot on social media. I'll say my Degrassi because uh, the next generation and the next class and the Degrassis that happened after our version was a much more mainstream, high gloss, uh, high fashion, uh, good looking kids uh, type of 90210, which we were like the anti 90210 back in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, they were trying to be more mainstream. And definitely appealed to a, 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 an American audience uh, this time around, where many uh, Americans who watched The Next Generation didn't even realize that there was a kids of Degrassi, Degrassi Junior High, Degrassi High. So it's amazing to hear how they go back and they, they discover the original series and they actually enjoy the original series as much as The uh, Next Generation. 
I'm sure you get asked uh, the Drake question <laughs> a lot. <laughs> what was Drake like, right? <laughs> but isn't Sorry? it interesting? I don't know. Did 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 was there anything you guys noticed at the time? Here's this kid amongst all these other kids. That's you know I don't know. There's something here. <laughs> this kid's destined for something big. No, he was a loser. He was a loser. I'm just saying. He was in the corner just by himself all the time. No, he was very much into music. He yeah. had headphones on all the time. Uh, I remember uh, my wife going up to him at one of the uh, rap parties saying, hey, man, we're all over here partying. He's like, no, man, I'm cool. I'm just chilling listening to my music. Um, I really wish I'd been nicer to him back in the day. <laughs> but nobody could have expected uh, what happened to happen to him. Uh, not that it wasn't deserved, but it is just an anomaly uh, to see the rise of such a superstar. Um, Stace? Well, I could see, like, first of all, my first impression of him was this very polite young man who introduced himself and introduced me to some music that I would, you know, listen to on set, which was awesome. Um, but I did see, you know, the wheels in motion towards, I mean, I think Amanda and I had to act as chaperones one time at um, at a party, some event, and he showed up very, very late with his um, significant other, and he did it deliberately, I'm pretty sure, because he was at that point where he was starting to try and separate himself from Degrassi, because he wanted to start building up this other um, career and uh Venture, so I, I, I could see how it started to play out. Um, but on set, like, would I have ever known what would happen for any of them? No, there's just no way of of predicting. Yeah. But um, you know, kudos to him for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so we mentioned the uh, the events this weekend. Uh, we did also mention as well, should mention, that there's uh, going to be a third, of course. Uh, Kathleen is going to be there, Rebecca Haynes. And look, shout out to Rebecca. Uh, I've interviewed her many times. Uh, for people who don't know, she's gone on to, <laughs> she's a professor at the University of Calgary. We've done interviews on health policy and addiction. So isn't it interesting to see kind of the different paths everybody's taken here? Well, you know what? I think Degrassi laid the foundation for her future career, obviously. Because, <laughs> you know, her character would smoke marijuana on the show and, you know, sometimes be the uh, the mean person, uh, cold calculating uh, person on the show. Uh, and now she's kind of turned it around to being a, 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 an advocate for youth, which is amazing. And, and uh, she's just as hilarious in real life, believe it or not. She's a great lady. And we're just happy that she's a local in Calgary that we could call on. And she's uh, excited to, to join us on stage for the event. So uh, we're going to spend a few days with her and her family. We're looking forward to that. All right, much more to GrassyTour.com. But as mentioned, it's uh, Saturday at the Globe Cinema and Sunday in Edmonton at the Starlight Room. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, thanks so much, both of you, for joining us here today. It's been uh, a real treat for someone who was, uh, was a fan of the show myself. So thanks for doing this, and uh, I hope it's a great weekend. Thank us you too. so Thank much. There you go. That's uh, Pat Mastroani, Stacey Mystician, Joey and Caitlin, respectively, from uh, Degrassi High, Degrassi Junior High, the Degrassi Tour in Calgary and Edmonton this weekend. Uh, details at DegrassiTour.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Rob Breckenridge. You can email me, Rob at 770CHQR.com. Talk to you next time.